This is the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast, your go-to place for mindset transformation, self-empowerment, and personal development. I'm your host, Kayla. I'm a mindset coach for ambitious human beings who are wildly passionate about up-leveling themselves so that they can live a limitless life with ease. I'm here to show you how to create the life of your dreams and powerfully step into your full potential, and of course, live fiercely. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast. My name is Kayla, and today I have a very special guest, Katie. She is a human design teacher and the founder of Human Design School. And I'm really excited to have her on here because her and I connected in Toronto a couple of years ago, and then we reconnected online through human design. And we've obviously, we're friends, we chat off and on, and I decided I really wanted to have her or have you, Katie, come on to the <laughs> podcast channel to share about your journey, how you got into human design, how you started your business, and how you're living your life as a two, four emotional manifester, because I always love getting people's stories and how they run their business. So welcome to the channel. Super excited to have you here. And I would love if maybe you can share a little bit more about yourself, and then we're just going to dive into the conversation together. Yeah, totally happy to. So I'm currently living in Toronto. And as Kayla mentioned, I run um, my main thing that I run right now is HD school. So I teach human design. I love human design. It's completely changed my life. I've been in the, the human design world for about five years now, almost. And uh, yeah, it's something that I am honestly shocked that this is what I do for a living right now. I'm like, I have a bachelor of commerce, like all of this stuff was so outside of my like realm of interest or anything, but yeah, you know, synchronicities brought me here and I'm very grateful they did. I love this so much. I love that a lot of people that I connect with, they, they just come, it's like they come at it, they just pop out of their life into human design. And then they're like, I don't know how I ended up here. Like I have a yeah. teaching degree. Like, I guess I'm still teaching being a six, two, you know, but it's not like, I'm not teaching physical education in French. Like I'm teaching no. <laughs> like working with entrepreneurs. So I would love if you can share how you discovered human design and what it meant for you when you discovered that you were a manifester. Mm, yeah, totally. So for me, discovering human design, it was like, again, just so many synchronicities lined up that looking back, I can see really clearly, but at the time it was just like, what the F am I doing? Um, but I was working in hotels at the time, actually, when I the started this, I was working in hotels and I spent a lot of my life being really obsessed with wanting to lose weight because I thought that that would make me happy if I was skinny, you know, product of the nineties when that was the only goal in life. Um, and so I was going to go back to school because I was miserable working in hotels. Like I, like I said, I have a bachelor of commerce, but I specialize in the hospitality industry. So I had done a hotel opening. I was working in hotel sales at the time not happy. And I had a friend who suggested like, why don't I go into nutrition? Because it's something that I seem so passionate about, blah, blah, blah. And I ended up going to a like expo, a fitness and nutrition expo. And they had something there about life coaching. And I was like, oh, this sounds really interesting. I was quite obsessed with personal development. Although I was like very much in the closet about it because I thought it made me like not cool or something. Um, because quite honestly, I grew up like really not liking myself and not thinking I had anything good to offer, really having low self-esteem. And so the whole personal development world was something I was really interested in. So I went down this life coaching certification route. It was like a weekend. I mean, truly, what are you going to learn in a weekend? But anyways, got me started with that. 
And then through that, I ended up meeting this woman who, again, through a series of coincidences, I ended up working for probably like a couple of months later. And at that time, my now ex-husband, but my husband at the time, and I had moved to California. And so I ended up starting to work for this woman full-time who was a success coach. And about a year or so into working with her, she hosted a retreat in Paris at the Ritz. It was very fancy. And yeah, for her clients, it was so cool. And I was there as the assistant, right? I helped to plan the event. I helped support whatever. But one of the women um, that she hired who honestly wasn't really that into human design. She was like a relationship expert, but did human design for the clients that were at the retreat. And she was kind enough to pull my human design chart as well. And so being a manifester, you know, there's only 10% of us um, in the room. There was, I don't know, not more than 20 people. And I was the only manifester that was there. And it was really interesting as this woman was speaking about human design, speaking about the different types. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Like if I'm the one that's supposed to be like powerful and being a manifester and all this stuff, how come I'm the assistant getting paid $20 an hour at the back of the room? And all of these other women have these like incredible six, seven figure businesses that are like here in Paris doing this thing and I'm not, <laughs> you know? And so that was my first introduction to human design. And it really didn't make a lot of sense. It like just felt, I don't know, like I, I didn't quite get it, but speaking to your next question of what was it like to find out I was a manifester, there was something that day that was like, there's just something here for me. Like I had, at that point, I was pretty obsessed with like any kind of personality test because I was just like, please something, tell me who I am. <laughs> like, please give me something to show me that I have something like good in me or strength in me or whatever. Um, and human design was the first system that ever spoke to that like manifestor energy quality within me. And even though I could see that I was so very far from living anywhere in alignment with that, there was something in it that just felt like, yes, like this is true. This, like there's something here for you. And now, like I said, this was five years ago. So there was not all the Instagrams and all the podcasts and all the things with human design. So I spent the next couple of months kind of trying to find out a little bit about human design, but literally having no idea what I was looking at or what this was about. There wasn't a lot of good resources on it. The resources that did exist were quite confusing. Um, and I just kept going back to it and I kept going back to it. And I, uh, I took like Karen Curry and Chaton Parkins books out of the library, like so many times in a row, I was like, okay, let's just buy these. This is silly. <laughs> but I just kept like reading them and trying to understand, because like I said, every once in a while, it would kind of like unlock this, like, yes, there's something here for me. But as anyone who's experimented or who's learned about human design knows that learning really doesn't do a whole lot. It's like the actual application and the experiment of it that makes a difference. And so during this time that I discovered human design, I, I discovered human design literally two weeks before I ended up leaving my husband. So I got back from this Paris trip, woke up one morning, confirmed some suspicions I had had and like literally got on a plane and flew back to Canada. And so I ended that relationship. I ended up quitting the job that I had been doing. I started a new job. This was also during my Saturn return. So it was just like literally just burning my life to the ground. Right. <laughs> Love it, it was a rough time. <laughs> um, 
But again, during this time, I just kept going back to human design where it's like, I feel like there's something in this. And one of the first pieces that really helped me so much to understand myself, um, was the whole emotional wave and the emotional authority piece. I remember the first time I heard about emotional authority, I was like, this is honestly useless. <laughs> like, I, I just need to wait for clarity. Like, okay, cool. That's not helpful at all. Um, but then the more I actually looked at my life, the more I could see how frequently I had made these like really big spontaneous decisions that did not work for me at all. And one of the things when I started to learn about the emotional wave. And so for me, I have the individual emotional wave. I'm a 1222 emotional manifester. So I have a lot of highs and a lot of lows and they're pretty dramatic and they really tend to happen for no reason at all. But that was one of the pieces that like really clicked in for me when I started being able to just give myself grace for the lows because like for so much of my life, like literally, like I struggled with depression starting from the age of like, I can't remember 11 or 12 and like was diagnosed as bipolar. And like, I think anyways, I have a lot of opinions about that, that I don't need to share right now, but I don't think I have bipolar. I think I'm a 1222 emotional manifester <laughs> and I have high highs and low lows, you know, and I always thought there was something wrong with me. And when I would be in the low of the lows, it was something that was so terrifying because I was always so scared. I was going to go back to that depression and I was going to be stuck there for like years and learning this about human design where it's like, if I actually just allow this to kind of move through me, I'm not going to be stuck here forever. And the other thing that was so helpful about the emotional wave was really understanding that, especially for the individual wave, in my opinion, it's one that crashes because the wave just crashes, you know, it's like the other waves have a little bit more to it, whether it's like the collective where they're, I don't know, um, not like expectations aren't being met or the tribal it's like there's tribal issues or whatever, you know, money, resources, work, that kind of stuff. The individual one just crashes because it likes to crash sometimes. And when I learned that, and when I could just be with that, it's like when I was in these lows, cause sometimes you just wake up at like the bottom of the wave. I didn't make it mean anything anymore. I could just be with it. And it wasn't like, oh God, like I'm probably feeling this way because the business that I'm starting is wrong or my relationship isn't good or there's this problem or there's that thing. And it's like, I learned to stop like digging to figure out what the problem was because there wasn't a problem. There's just a wave. And so that was like one of the first really big pieces that brought me so much peace within myself with finding out I was a manifester. That was an amazing share because I feel like, <laughs> I feel like, I mean, you have three channels, sorry, three hanging gates and four hanging gates and a full channel coming off of your emotional solar plexus. Like that is a lot of, of charge there. Oh yeah. And I, and it's like 50, 50% of the population is going to have an emotional authority. And I feel like if people understood this and then just used this this concept of like not making it mean anything like feelings are just literally chemical reactions happening within the body it doesn't have to mean that you're you know going into a massive deep depression again and that your life is over and that things are going to be terrible I feel like what you just shared is really giving permission for people to feel safe in terms of playing with emotional regulation if that Mm -hmm. feels intimidating you know what I mean like I think that that is so powerful and it's funny because I can relate in a way that I have the 36 activated but my you know center is undefined but like 
I, it was in learning and that's my conscious son too. It was in learning to let me go to those massive places of turbulence, which is the shadow of 36 and just feeling it like crying on the floor, crying myself to sleep, whatever it is I needed to do. And, and then you kind of realize, oh, like it's, it's gone now. Like it's it's going away and it, it doesn't have to be as scary, but it's just so interesting how we get so much programming from society and like our life that being emotional is bad, you know? Totally. And it's like, I often share this example with my students. Cause like, I don't know, I always just have these really silly analogies, but I'm like, if you're going through life, expecting to be on a train and it feels like a roller coaster, like that's fucking terrifying, you know, because it's like, you're expecting things or you're told that things are supposed to be like smooth and whatever, but you're not on a train, you're on a roller coaster. And if you know you're on a roller coaster and you get that you're supposed to be on a roller coaster, it's like, okay, cool. I'm on a roller coaster. It's like, this is just what's happening. But it's this like, and I mean, it, it's to me, this is such the, the point of human design of differentiation, right? The homogenization is this like even nothing. Nobody's like that. Nobody is this like even nothing homogenized version of humanity. But that's what we often compare ourselves to or see as some sort of ideal when it's like, no, we have, you know, especially, you know, the, I mean, all of us have this, but with emotional beings, it's like, we have the high highs and we have the low lows and we're designed to. So it's like, there's nothing wrong with us if we're experiencing them. So yeah, that was, that was a really big piece for me in, in the beginning of my human design journey, for sure. Yeah. I love that share so much. And I feel like it's just going to continue to give awareness to people who are an emotional authority or not. Like I shared, I'm not an emotional authority. Mm-hmm. I'm a cynical being. Right. So I think that that's, that's amazing. So I'm really curious you know, we, you and I have definitely had many conversations about business and just like starting a business and like the waves of business, (laughs) but I would love to hear your journey of starting your business. And also obviously you can like weave this into the conversation about how you're making this business sustainable for you as somebody who doesn't have their sacral or their root defined. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. So I had been trying to start a business for a very long time, like well before I came across human design and it was not working. Interestingly enough, the first business that I wanted to start was around like self-love coaching, which I know Kayla, you're looking at my chart right now and I have gate 10 in both of my Saturns and both of my Uranus. So it's like, that truly would have been like right up my alley, you know, but at the time I had hired a coach that was honest about terrible. And she told me that it was lame which is like such a terrible thing to say. And just like, can you imagine? I don't know. I just can't imagine telling that to somebody that it's like, no, that doesn't make any sense. And I look back now, especially being a manifester and it's like, yeah, no one was doing that at the time. Like being a self-love coach, sure it's a thing now, but like eight years ago, it wasn't, you know? And so it's so interesting with manifestors where it's like, sometimes we have these you know, urges and these places of impact that are a little bit ahead of our time or ahead of everybody else's time, perhaps, and people don't get it. And that's one of the biggest things I find with manifestors is like, you can't survey the people around you to be like, what do you think about this? You just have to do the things that are right for you. So that all being said, I, um, like when I was in this period of my whole life falling apart, Um, I was still trying really hard to build a business that was still very much not working. And I remember after working like, I don't know, 18 hours a day and feeling so exhausted. Like I used to, I can't remember if I've shared this with you before, but I used to honestly fantasize about like walking down the street 
tripping or passing out and just like smashing my head on the concrete and going into a coma and like just for like a week or something, you know, not like a long-term coma, but like that's how exhausted I was, you know, from trying to build a business. And the people that I had been working with at the time were manifesting generators. So it's like, I was trying to model a business after how they did, right? Cause that's who I was learning from. And I was still very new with this whole human design thing. And I wasn't trying to do human design for business at the time. Um, and so I remember this one day just feeling so exhausted and like, it was just so impossible and lying on the couch and thinking, you know what, like, if this is what it takes to be successful, I don't want it. You know, I don't want it. It just, it doesn't make sense. It's like, if this is what success takes and if it feels this terrible, like, I don't want it. I'll just get a job, whatever. Like I'm going to quit all of this. And at the time, thankfully I, again, just got pulled back into human design. And I was like, you know what? instead of just throwing this all away, why don't I just go like full on into this human design experiment and let's just see what happens. Right. And so again, for me, the biggest part of that as a manifester, and this was something I think people talk about it a little more clearly now. Um, but at the time it was just like inform. <laughs> it's like, inform what <laughs> like <laughs> so what am funny. I informing about <laughs> um but when I got to understand the whole urge aspect and so that's very much how I teach about manifestors that like yes sure inform but like truly informing is to make your life a little bit easier to make people's lives around you a little bit easier I truly don't care if manifestors inform as long as they understand and connect to their urge and follow their urge because it's like the informing piece is just going to make everybody else's life easier. I'm a big fan of informing the universe, talking to it that way. But anyways, um, I also have like a very small circle, so I don't have a ton of people that I need to inform, but I, I do it now. But at the time it was like, I, I don't get it in, inform what inform who, like, what am I informing people about? Um, but once I got the urge thing, I started to follow those and it really, again, just like took me like deeper and deeper into human design. And so I started studying human design and I started, um, doing readings for people. And again, just like following the urges because I was so excited about it. I was also terrified because every single time for the first, probably like, I don't know, 20, 30 readings I did. I was like, what if this doesn't make any sense to them? What if they don't resonate? Like, what if this is just a bunch of BS and people think this is crap, but whatever it had made such a big difference for me. I kept going into it and again, kept following my urges. And by the way, as I was building my business, one of the urges I had was to get a job. So a lot of times people think that like, you can't do that. Like you have to go all in, but you know, I'm a two, four, the fourth line, as well as the first line, they're foundational lines. It's like, you need to have a foundation. You need to feel safe. And I wasn't safe at that time. I literally had no money. I had spent it all after my divorce and trying to start a business and all this stuff. And so the thing that the urge that I followed was to go and get a serving job. And that sucked. I hated it, but it was like, okay, this is just what's happening right now. And it's fine. And it's not going to be forever, but I'm going to trust that it's like, I need that level of safety. And listen, not everyone's going to need it in the way that I did, or is going to be in the same circumstance, but your urges or your 
strategy and authority to make it more for everybody. It's like, they're not always going to lead you in a direction that makes perfect sense because it's like, to me, it's like, how is getting a serving job going to help me grow my business? If anything, it's going to take away from growing my business because I'm going to be so busy. I'm not going to have any time. And that's exactly what happened. I got so busy with serving. I was working like crazy hours until five in the morning. I would like wake up crying because I was so tired, but I made really good money. And that eventually led it to a place where I could cut down on the hours that I was working and I could grow my business more and more. So it's like, even when I was in it at the time, it was frustrating, um, or angering, uh, but it worked out. And so again, as I was like continuing to follow these urges, um, I had gotten, I think two other coaching certifications over this period of time. And so I was still trying to start a coaching business and I really wanted to now include human design because I'd been doing human design readings. And so when I was actually starting to cut down on the hours I was working at the restaurant and really go full on in my business, um, I would teach master classes about human design to sell my coaching programs essentially. So I did that for a few months and I really loved the teaching aspect. And I even noticed with my coaching clients that I spent the majority of my time teaching them about human design as opposed to actually coaching them. And so in 2020, that year rings a bell for anyone, <laughs> I uh, <laughs> got an urge um, in June. So again, in uh, I'm based in Canada. So I got laid off from the restaurant I was working at mid-March when, you know, shit hit the fan around the world. And I literally slept for the next like six weeks and I beat myself up about that because it's like, Oh God, like I finally, I'm like fully free from this job. Like I should be doing all this stuff in my business. Like I shouldn't be sleeping, but I was so tired. You know, I was so tired. And I say this now to people all the time because it didn't feel like this at the time for me, but those six weeks of like sleeping and going for walks by the water and sitting in the park were like the most productive six weeks probably that I could have, right? Even though it looked like I was doing nothing. Um, and even though I was beating myself up a little bit because of that, but I really needed that time to rest. And so it was like during that time of rest, the urge became so clear that I wanted to teach human design. And even like the name was like, I want to create something called HD school. And I want to teach the system because I had had a fairly difficult time learning human design and Although I'm so grateful for the teachers that I had, their content was not very organized. It was really difficult to find. Sometimes there'd be a class that was an hour long and they would really only be teaching about the channel we were there to learn about for like three minutes. And I'd be like, oh my God, like, I just want to learn this stuff. Why did I just waste like 57 minutes trying to learn about this one thing? Um, like, cool, great side conversation, but like, that's not what I'm here for. Um, so that urge was really born to teach. And again, I came up against all the like, who are you to teach this? And like, these other people have been doing this for ages and like, you're not special and no one wants to learn from you and you know, all this stuff. Um, but I had a conversation with a friend in one of the parks that I used to go and sit in all the time while I was doing my recovery. And it, I got this like really interesting visual. So if you look at a human design chart, any chart, they're going to have all these hanging gates. So hanging gates are just gates that aren't in full channels. So it's like wherever you don't have a channel, but you have a gate, there's going to be like a little line hanging off somewhere. Right. And I could literally see like how my chart is going to connect with some people 
And the other teachers that are out there aren't going to connect with those people. And it was like, oh yeah, like there really is no competition when you look at it from a human design perspective, because some people are going to link into my design and some people aren't, and that's fine. But it's like, I, as I get to learn like more and more of the gifts, or as I got to learn more and more of the gifts in my chart, it became so clear to me that it's like, I, I hate talking about myself like this, but whatever. My design is one that can like unlock human design for other people where, you know, one of the main gifts in my chart or how I interpret it in my Jupiter, I have the gate 23 consciously and unconsciously I have the gate three. And so to me, that's making transformational information digestible for other people. And I remember when I first came across that, like to see the gate of assimilation, my Jupiter, and I was like, oh, that's so boring. Like, can I have a better gift? Like assimilation, who wants that? And now I'm like, oh, that's what I built my whole business doing. Um, and, you know, even in my Mercury and my Venus, the gate 12 is very heavily associated with articulation. So it's like being able to articulate things again, in a way that unlocks them for other people. And so I didn't, build it with this intention at the time. Um, but I just followed the urge and I find what happens for me a lot. And I attribute this to my whole, like two, four, um, or I guess my second line more so than the fourth, but anyways, when I follow an urge or when I have an urge and decide to follow it, even when publicly there hasn't been any talk about this, it's like, I get invitations almost, or I get calling out to kind of confirm that like, yes, you're doing this thing. Um, so I had filmed a YouTube video or like a couple of YouTube videos, I guess, previously. And I started getting all of these comments on my YouTube video that previously didn't have a lot of views or on Instagram saying, oh my God, the way you teach human design makes so much sense. Like I didn't understand it from anyone else until I came across your stuff. And so it was just really interesting because it was kind of like this little like nudge from the universe to be like, yeah, keep following that urge. Like you're going in the right direction, you know? Um, yeah. So I, I did, I followed the urge and, um, I ended up creating HD school. So I launched that in August, 2020 and thinking like, if I could just get five people to sign up, like it would be worth it. Right. If I could just get five people, it would be okay. And I was like selling it for so cheap at the time. It blows my mind, but I hadn't built it. So, you know, I, I was selling something that I hadn't created yet. And, um, I had 23 people ended up signing up, which blew my mind. And then I spent the next like four months in crazy creation mode, working so much to create this thing. Um, which is something that I somewhat also somewhat don't recommend for manifestors <laughs> to create that sort of pressure. I think sometimes it can be helpful. Um, I think there's probably better ways to do it, but especially if you don't have a team or a lot of resources, I think as a manifestor that can be helpful to like follow the urge, initiate the urge, and then make it that you have to finish it. Because it's like, if I had just created or started creating HD school without selling it first, I probably still wouldn't be finished. And it's like, what, two years later, almost. <laughs> so I love your journey and just how amazing you are at sharing, like all the things that you processed and just discovering along the way, like a lot of trial and error too, of like, Okay, oh, yeah. this works for me. This doesn't. This is where I need support. This is where I'm pulling back. Like, and I really love that you you did own your gifts. You know, like just I'm really amazing at articulating human design in a way that 
it lands for people because mm-hmm. it's true. There's even times where when I'm consuming some stuff online and I'm like, this is very like esoteric and I mm-hmm. have a completely open Ajna. So like, usually I'm really good at deciphering things, but like, that's just fucking weird, you know? So yeah. I love it. I love it when people come around and they interpret it in their own way, which is a lot of what I do as well. And it, it just, people magnetize to it. And mm-hmm. I, I'm so grateful because I was actually having this conversation with Eden and just how, you know, all of the women that I've met in the human design community, how I really feel like at least the women that I'm surrounded by, there's no competition. Like literally there's no competition. Like I talk about human design, human design school. I talk about Eden's program and I'm like, yes, they're all amazing. Like go do them all because you're right how people are going to connect with you in your way. People will connect with me in my way. And it's, it's just, there's no scarcity in that. And I find that so refreshing. Like I'm really seeing this shift in the online space, which I think is like so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like I said, it's like, I really believe that our body graphs are like little keys that can unlock different doors. And it's like, not like my lock isn't going to work on everybody's door, you know, but that's great because someone else's lock is. Right. And so it's like, there's no shortage. And it's like, I have this again with my analogies, I have this like visual of a puzzle where it's like, if we're all puzzle pieces in the puzzle, it's like, there is exactly enough room for us as we are in the puzzle. But it's like, if we try to start like moving our little like nubby pieces around to different places, (laughs) then it's like, it doesn't work. The puzzle doesn't work. It's like, there's, there's a shortage of this. There's too much of that. Like there's not enough space here, but it's like, there's room for all of us exactly as we are. And again, it's like human design when you understand it and like how things connect, it's just like, oh yeah, some people are going to connect with me and be like, oh my God, I love her. And some people are going to like literally not even know that I exist. Cool. And some people are going to be like, oh God, I can't stand that person. Cool. No problem. Like find someone else that you want to learn from. Great. Like, I don't care. You know, I think that's amazing. Just really, I actually love your analogies. You're like, I have these silly analogies. I'm like, I know those are great visuals. I know. I know. It's like, to me, they, they feel so silly, but it's like, I get that they work. So I say them and it's like, I remember someone being like, how do you come up with these? And I'm like, I don't, I just like, I see the picture and I'm like, okay, sure. I'll explain the picture, even though this sounds really dumb. And like <laughs> when I first started doing greetings, especially cause like this way of communicating was quite new to me. Oh my God. Like some of the, some of the analogies I've shared with people. And I'm like, I am sorry that I'm saying this out loud, but I think you're going to get it. So I'm just going to say it and like, do what you want with the information. But they're always like, yeah, this makes so much sense. But like, I, I wish I could remember one, but it was like, there was this really strange one about like eating hot dogs. <laughs> I was like, I am so sorry that I'm talking about eating hot dogs, but I think you're going to get this. So I'm just going to say it. I don't remember what that one was about though. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like you were obviously just connected to source and like the spirit guy just have this humor of like this is how we're gonna get her to channel human design and make people laugh you know yeah Yeah. oh my gosh hot dogs honest (laughs) honest to god (laughs) oh my goodness so I would love to chat about how you scaled your business because I Mm. feel like this is something like people are just there's actually even we talked about this before like these walls that we hit when all of a sudden things click and then there's like a lot of money coming in and we're like oh my god what the fuck do I do like this is how Mm -hmm. is this happening you know just things make sense after struggling for so long and so I would love if you can if you can share that like how did you how did you scale your business because I remember was it last November when was the last time you launched HD school and it was I felt like it was a massive launch and there was like 
hundreds of people coming into the <laughs> Facebook group. I was like in it. I was like, oh my God, there's so much excitement here. And then like the Zoom calls, there were so many people on the Zoom calls. And I was like, holy shit, like what is happening? It was really cool to just yeah. witness that. But I felt like I saw an explosion like in mm-hmm. your business at that point. So I'm trying to remember when was this? Was this last fall? Um, There was one, like I did a boot camp last September and then I did another one in January. So it was probably, but then I also did another launch, like a kind of accidental launch in in November, um, just because I was raising the prices. Yeah. Well, because I was raising the prices and I forgot to inform people at the end of the September launch that I was going to raise my prices. And so I knew when I launched it next, I was going to, but I was like, oh, there were so many people who were like, oh, I'm going to join next time that I didn't want to just like sideline them with a higher price. And so I was like, okay, let me just open the doors for HD school for like a week and people can join if they want to join. It's like, there was anyone that was, you know, thinking about it. And it was like, whoa, (laughs) Um, a lot of people were thinking about it as it turns out. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. So let's hear about this, how you scaled and just like, we're just going to kind of talk about this nitty gritty. Like, I think, feel like the behind the scenes things that we process, because that doesn't always get seen, obviously. Yeah, totally. So with the scaling, I think it's quite interesting. Like I I was thinking about this recently because obviously I share so much about human design, but a lot of my journey and my growth hasn't been specifically human design. It's what else human design has led me to and other people that human design, you know, following my human design has led me to. So one of the big things that I've had to do so much work on is this idea around like abundance and scarcity and lack and money mentality. And like, I had a lot of like money trauma and stuff that I had to get over from growing up. So I did a lot of work in that area as for years prior to um, creating HD school, but it's something that I continue to do because it's like all of this guilt and all of this, like, who am I to make this much money? And like, why are people paying me this? And like, I'm probably successful enough. Like I should probably just stop here, you know, which is silly because it's something that benefits people. But there was a lot of work I had to do around that. So after the first launch that I did, I literally just disappeared from the world and focused on building HD school. So it's like, unless you were an HD school student, you probably didn't know that I existed. I went to a co-working space at that time and I would like be there all day. I'd bring my lunch, I'd bring my dinner and I would just be creating the classes for HD school, recording them, editing them because it was just me and my business at the time. So I was doing all the things, um, making the slides, like, making sure that everything was put together properly. And that was like, I was doing that probably six days a week, which is way too much work for a manifester, but it is what it is. And so I did that for like September, October, November, and then half of December and the other half of December, I went on vacation. Um, but I really didn't, uh, do any marketing of anything. Like I didn't email my list. I didn't make a video. I didn't have a podcast. I didn't post on Instagram. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be so screwed when I go to launch this again. Cause I've just like completely ghosted my audience and I'm so inconsistent and this is so terrible and like blah, 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 all these stories. Right. And then after Christmas, um, I got this urge cause I knew I was going to launch HD school again in January. And I got this urge to rent out a condo because at that time I was living with my boyfriend. And so I got this urge to rent out a condo. So I just had this like space completely by myself to just like do my own little manifester thing to create, to promote, to, you know, whatever. And so I followed that urge, found a place 
and kind of like moved into that place for the month of January. And so one of the first days that I got there, I got this random urge to make a post on the planets and the meanings of the planets. And then I was like, no, I can't do that because like, like I should talk about this other stuff first. Like the the planet stuff is like too advanced or people aren't going to get it or like blah, blah, blah. And I started making these other posts that I was going to start promoting on Instagram or whatever. And then I was like, no, that's not the urge. Follow the urge, you know? So I went back and made that post and it was like by far the most popular post I've ever made on Instagram. And that was kind of like the beginning of the launch for me. And it's like, I taught, I can't remember what class I taught, but I would usually teach some sort of a free class and I was doing a launch. And so again, just following my urge of like, what am I going to teach? It's like, I don't make a decision on what I'm going to teach. I wait for like the urge to come that tells me what I'm going to teach and how I'm going to structure it and like how these things are going to go. So I very much just listen and it truly feels like someone is just like coming into my brain and giving me very clear directions on what I'm doing. And then it's like, okay, now I just got to execute this stuff. And it was funny because after that launch, I had a student ask me who had joined during that time that was like, can you share your launch strategy with us? And I'm like, literally no, like all I did was watch like DIY home YouTube videos and dance around my apartment and like post stuff on social media. When I got the urge to post stuff on social media, like there wasn't really a huge, um, you know, plan there. And that being said, you know, I had a background in sort of online marketing because I'd worked for business coaches before I'd been a social media manager before. So I don't want to make it sound too like, oh, I just blah, blah, blah. Cause it's like, I have a sort of natural understanding of strategy. And so it's like, okay, yeah. Like I get that at some point I'm going to send an email about this thing and I'm going to send an email with testimonials and I'm going to do whatever. Right. But it was very much like following the urges and that launch was like, I don't know. I think I got like 50 new students or something in that launch, which was crazy. Um, And then again, went into like my little hermit mode. I'm a two, four, right. I'm a 1222 channel. I don't do shit if I don't feel like doing it. (laughs) So I went and like hit away again for a couple of months. I moved into a new place. Um, And then when I tried to launch again, that may literally everything just didn't work. Like every link was broken, like everything, there was just like problem after problem. And I could tell that I had been working too hard, trying to create a bunch of new stuff. And I was just like burnt out. My energy was gone. So after like the first day of the launch, when everything just wasn't working, I was like, you know what, we're just going to shut this down. I'm going to get my energy back on track. I'm going to take a week off. And then I'm going to reschedule this when I feel better about things, you know? So again, just like listening to my own energy. And then in June did another launch. I don't know, had another maybe 50 students join, 30 students join. I can't really remember. Um, And yeah, like that just kind of became the pattern of like, okay, let's listen to the urge and see what comes through for what I'm going to teach and like what I'm going to launch, which is so annoying for people sometimes because they're like, when are you going to do this? And I'm like, I don't know, see when I got the urge for it. And then in, uh, in September, I got the urge to do a boot camp, And I was like, are you kidding me? Five days (laughs) worth of trainings? Like, no, I don't want to do this. I'm like, fine. I'll listen to the urge. Cool. And I mean, obviously I love doing it, but it's like, I used to do one class instead of five. So it was a lot less work, but, um, but you know, it's fun. I love that I get to do it. And again, part of my, uh, part of my incarnation cross and my sun gate, the gate 45 
is really about sharing resources and like taking care of your people, taking care of your community. Right. And so I like that I get to teach free things because I know that not everybody is going to buy to learn human design. I know not everybody is in a position where they can afford to, and that's totally cool. So it's like, I like to be able to still provide value and like legitimate value, not like bullshit. I'm going to have teach you something. And then you need to buy this because you're not going to understand what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. So that's something that I just really like to do. It's a part of my design and it's just like what feels good. Um, and then I'm at a place now where I have recently hired an assistant. I've hired a community manager because in the realm of scaling and making it work for my energy, like one of the things with manifestors is that we like to initiate. So it's like, we get things started and then it's like, okay, I'm bored. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Right. But I still want HG school to be something that's alive. I still love doing calls with my students, but it's like, I don't want to have to do all of the things. So I've hired some readers to do readings for the new students as they join. I have a community manager to help kind of manage as new people are there so she can support them. And she does like good business stuff too with human design. So I love that. And yeah, like, so I'm, that's kind of my plan as of right now with scaling is having people that are there to support me so that I can initiate my random urges as they come. Um, and I have so many things that I want to work on, but I'm really doing my best to kind of slow down and just get this sort of HD school thing running as well as it possibly can on its own. So it's like, I can still participate and be a part of it, but without it being something that drains my energy, because that's not, that's not fun for, for my little manifester body. <laughs> I love this sharing so much because I can just hear how connected you are to your urges and mm -hmm. I remember, I remember we had this conversation in the DMs one time and I like messaged you and I was like, like what, like, can we talk about the urge? Like, what is the urge? You know, and the way that mm -hmm. I explain it to people is like, if you're a manifester, you're here to initiate. And I think the biggest wounding that manifestors have are trusting themselves because there's going to be this naturalness of informing and initiating and doing whatever the fuck you want to do. And if somebody tells you not to do it, then you're going to be like, well, I'm going to do it anyways. Right. Yeah. And so I feel like there's a lot of trust that needs to come back to manifestors who are doing deconditioning when they first learn about human design. And so what I've, what I've been telling people about manifestors is like, you're literally connected to source. Like you are so divine the way that you are just going to have things drop into you and you like we're sharing this throughout your sharing of like mm -hmm. yes this idea just came to me like it's so clear and you talk about how you can just see things right and that's how you share these analogies and everything but I'm curious if you can share what you did to really polish that relationship that you have with your urges because I feel like that is what gives you obviously the momentum to initiate and mm -hmm. I feel like this is one of the biggest pieces for manifestors to be connected to themselves because you're here to start something new. Mm -hmm. You're here to ignite, right? Mm -hmm. One of the things that I like to remind manifestors is like, don't attach to this idea of starting something new because I feel like we get in our heads and it's like, then we get an urge and it's like, well, this isn't new. Like teaching human design isn't new. Like, honestly, just don't fucking worry about it. Just listen to the urge. And it's like the urges are often stepping stones as well. So my things that I always like to share with manifestors, if they're in a place of needing to rebuild that connection to the urge, or if they don't really feel it, or they don't really hear it. Um, for me, it's something that I generally hear more so than feel. Um, 
but it's like, just start listening or start paying attention to the small things. And I often talk like before I found human design, I had this urge, honestly, for like three years to do a headstand that I ignored for three years. Cause I'm like, why am I going to do a headstand? Like my apartment's so small. If I do a headstand, I'm probably going to break something. Like I'm probably going to break my freaking neck. Like, why would I do a headstand? Blah, blah, blah. I ain't going to hurt myself. I don't know how to do this. Like whatever. Right. And so it's like manifestors always seem to resonate with this idea of like having these urges, but then they ignore them. And again, like I grew up with a projector family, like my mom, my dad, my brother, they are all projectors. Um, and so I grew up essentially being told like, you can't do that. Like, you can't just do that. You can't just do that. You can't just do that. You know? And then I tended to get into relationships with very controlling men. Um, one of my bridge gates is 21. So, you know, it's really easy for me to find, you know, people that I love that want to control me. Um, so again, people being telling me like, you can't do this, you can't do this. And so it was really difficult because I didn't trust myself, you know, like I really had like, you know, like I shared, like I had very little self-esteem. Um, but I was kind of at this point where it's like, again, I was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to try and see what happens because what I've been doing so far has not worked. You know, it has gotten me like broke, divorced, miserable, all these things. So it's like that whole thing wasn't working, not listening to myself, trusting other people over myself that wasn't working. So let's just see what happens. And, you know, I have a lot of line three energy in my design. So I'm a big fan of experimenting. And I like to approach things like that with like, let's just experiment with my urges. And I always invite people as well to open themselves up to hearing their strategy, essentially, or their authority, however you want to, which, whichever, without actually like committing to following through on it. So it's like, be open to hearing what the urges are. And it's like, you don't have to do them right now. You just need to hear what they are, you know? And it's like, you can make a decision later if you're actually going to do that urge or not, right? But like, let's just start hearing them. And then it's like, start following the small ones that are like, turn down this street, go talk to this person. Like, I don't know, go to this store, like whatever it is, right? It's like, start listening to these small ones. And the other thing with manifestors, and this was, I think, a really big turning point in my journey as well. And I like remember this day so clearly because again, I had been trying to start a business for so long and I had had this one item on my to-do list that a coach that I had worked with had like told me I should be doing of like going into Facebook groups and posting in Facebook groups and whatever. This was literally on my to-do list for a year and a half. Okay. Clearly I'm never going to fucking do this. Um, and I remember this one day, just like having it so clear that I don't have to do stuff that I don't like. And like more specifically, I don't have to do shit that I hate in my business. And it's like that to me, I hate. And listen, some other people are going to love it. They're going to think it's amazing. Cool. Post in all the Facebook groups that you want to post in. I don't care. Do what feels good to you. But that felt so freaking terrible to me. And it was just like, oh, I don't have to do stuff that I hate. And that I, I'm a big fan of people sort of decluttering their auras or their energy fields. And I feel like that was a place for me that really made a difference because once I stopped literally cluttering my energy with all this stuff that I should do and gave myself space to rest, gave myself space to play, gave myself space to experiment instead of like, oh, well, this person said I have to do this. So like, that's what I have to do. Then it's like, again, that's where the urges come in. and 
that's where it's so much easier for me to hear them. And it's so much easier for me to listen, but it's like, it's, it's a process. It's like, you're building a relationship with that part of yourself. You're learning to trust yourself. And it's something that can take time and it can, you know, it doesn't have to take a ton of time, but it can, it's like, it's a relationship, you know? I think that's such a beautiful point that anyone trusting their strategy and authority, that is a relationship to yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. And especially if someone's been conditioned, like, let's say, for example, if you grew up in a family of sacral beings then you probably would have been somebody who was just like constantly taking action, then you had to like decondition yourself. Oh, I don't have a sacral authority. I have an emotional authority and I'm here to actually initiate. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's really interesting. And I really love to hear how you built a relationship with creating boundaries in your life. Mm-hmm. because ultimately that's, I think everyone can learn that is like really trusting that if you have an urge, no matter who you are, no matter what type you are to set a boundary, that's ultimately going to allow you to create a stronger relationship with yourself because you're going to be in better energetic alignment. You're going to be able to show up more as you rather than showing up how you think you should, because there's no boundaries in place and you're doing what you're being told to do, but you don't want to do it and so on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really, I really loved hearing your story today and just all the little bits and pieces and, and how you really did share like the stepping stones and the struggles that you had and just how you're still optimizing everything while scaling. Like, I really love this. And I always find it so refreshing when I get to connect with someone who let's say didn't have like an overnight success. Like it was like so much experimentation, like so much of this and that, and just falling on one's face and working insane hours, but then finding a rhythm, mm-hmm. which I think is amazing. So I really like, I really love your story for that. So thank you for sharing. <laughs> yeah. And one of the things that I always like to share with people as well, I don't know if I made it very clear, but you don't have to be consistent to have a successful business. <laughs> like you really don't, you know, should you sure, whatever, who cares, <laughs> but like, you don't have to be, it's like, I really believe it's far more important to be aligned with your energy than it is to be consistent for the sake of being consistent. And like, I have built what I feel is a very successful business being very inconsistent. And it's like, would I like to be more consistent? Sure. Would I like to show up for people more frequently? Sure. That's why I'm working on hiring people now and like having that put in place, but it's like not to the detriment of my own energy because it just doesn't work that way. And it's like, of course, I'm going to show up for my students. I'm not just going to like ghost them, you know, but I'm not, but like ghosting my social media. Yeah. If that needs to happen sometimes, you know, I do it and it's fine. And like, you don't have to feel guilty about it. It's like the whole point for me of this anyways, is to like feel good and to have fun and to experiment with yourself. It's not to like create a prison outside of the work prison that you escape from. Oh my gosh. It's so true. <laughs> Just like you said earlier, is like, if this is what success is, I don't want it. Like, yeah. no hard stop on the brakes, you know? Oh my gosh. Actually, that was another part of your story that I really love too, is hearing the waves. Like you really did live fully the manifestor cycles, like not just emotionally, but like, I'm going to do this thing. And then you, you spend all this time and then you like pull back, like go and rest, not show up on social media. Like, I think that's amazing. And I really love emphasizing this because I have connected and coached manifestors who have so much shame around being like, I'm not consistent enough. Like I get this energy yeah. and then it just goes away. And then it's like, oh my goodness. Like you're, you're, you think you need to show up like somebody that has their cycle to find that has more stamina, but it's like, there's so much pressure from like society and the corporate corporate industry to be like, you need to be consistent nine mm-hmm. to five, 
five days a week for 60 years of your life, like good job, you know, but people are tired of the shit. They don't want to do that anymore. You know, it's not sustainable. Yeah, totally. And like, I often joke manifestors are kind of like Tesla's, you know? So it's like, if you're going on a trip somewhere, it's like when your car is at a battery, it's like, don't get out of the car and start pushing it. You know, it's like, because you're like, I have to keep going. Like I have to show people I'm moving forward. I can't take a break. And it's just like, you have to, like, you have to go recharge. You have to go take a break. It doesn't make any freaking sense to get out of your car and push your car. But it's like, that's essentially what we're doing. You know, it's like refusing to take time off, refusing to rest, like refusing to honor how our specific machine works. Like we don't have, you know, you can't just fill up with gas like other types can. It's like, you need some hours to some weeks some days, some months some whatever to give yourself that rest cycle, you know? Yeah. That was the best analogy yet, I think. <laughs> and I really did have the vision of like getting out and pushing the fucking car like up yeah. a hill while it's raining and like yeah. in the dark. But it's like, that's what manifestors do sometimes, right? And I mean, I feel like this especially. So, you know, I have my will center defined. So it's like when I'm out of energy, my will center is like, we can keep going. Like, let's just push harder, you know? And then my root center, which is undefined is like, let's just get this one more thing finished. Like, let's just do this one more thing, you know? So it's like, again, that's like you behind the car being like, let's just make it just one more block. Like, let's just go, just, let's just one more block. Like we're almost there. We might as well just go to the next city at this point. Like, let's just go a little bit further. And it's like, no freaking stop and recharge. What are you doing? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I, I love this analogy. I think it's so great. And I'm totally going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take this and share this with Please my people because I think yeah. it's great. <laughs> it just kind of brings some humor to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of being like, you should rest. You should like, you're pushing a fucking Tesla up a mountain right now. How do you feel about that? And it's like, yeah. oh, that's a perspective shift, you know? Right. Cause it's like, you, it's so clear when you're talking about these like mechanical machines that it's like, oh yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Why would I do that? And it's like, okay, great. So don't do that to yourself. And listen, this is still a lesson I need to learn sometimes. Okay. Like <laughs> it's tricky. Like especially when I, I mean, I was just talking to you before we started recording, like there's all of these other programs that I want to start and I want to create, but I'm just like, slow it down. You know, like, I don't want to burn myself out. I don't want to get into that place of feeling stressed out all the time and overwhelmed. And so it's like, I have enough on my plate. Let's keep working on like making HD school as like incredible as it can be. And then when that's running really smoothly, cool. Let's go on to the next thing. When I have like the time and the space and the energy for it to like sort of cleanly initiate that, you know? Yes. So good. I, I'm, I love it when I get to have conversations with people who are really in alignment, but they're aware of their humanness, you know, it's Mm. not about being perfect, but it really is about experimenting. Like you said, science of differentiation, like play with it. So good. So before I wrap up our conversation today, I always love to ask the people that I'm interviewing, like, what is a little wisdom nugget that comes to you right now that you just want to share with the audience? Ooh, um, what immediately came is just like, really learn your authority. You know, again, with my, with my random analogies, like to me, your authority is like the Google maps to your life. It's like, it doesn't matter what the next 17 steps are. It's like, if you can learn to trust your authority, even if you don't even use your strategy and listen, I'm a proponent for that, obviously, but if you can just make good decisions, it's like, you're going to be so much happier, so much more aligned, 
you want to throw in your strategy, great, please do that. But it's like, if nothing else, if you just learn how you specifically make decisions and like how to make decisions that are correct for you, it's just like, it brings you so much peace in life. It makes things so much easier. Uh, yeah. One of my favorite things with human design for sure. <laughs> I really love that. And I think, I think, I think I just realized through your sharing was that decisions are everything. You know, sometimes a decision, you may not take action, but there was and is at least an energetic shift that's happened in that mm -hmm. moment. Mm -hmm. And even that just shifts how you feel to other people and how you may respond to your environment or share with people or wait for the invitation, whatever it is. So I think that was really cool how you just kind of pocketed like your authority, like tap into this and mm -hmm. then see what happens, you know, mm -hmm. that's awesome. Yeah. So I would love if you can share with our audience where they can connect with you in the online space. And then of course, I'm going to put all of this in the show notes as well. Yeah, totally. My Instagram is at sort of spiritual. That's mainly where I hang out my website, same thing, sort of spiritual, my podcast, sort of spiritual YouTube channel, sort of spiritual. So you kind of get the vibe. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll share the links with you guys, but yeah, that's where you can, that's where you can find me. I love that. Actually, before we wrap things up, can you just share how you came up with sort of spiritual? Cause I, I like this. It's kind of like a really <laughs> good conversation starter. I love that when, so I just got back from a conference. I was in Jordan last week, two weeks ago. And the number of people that laughed when I told them that my business is called sort of spiritual. I'm like, I love this. It makes me like so happy that people have like a little giggle when they hear <laughs> that name. <laughs> um, I don't know. It just came to me. Like I had been trying to like figure out a business name for so long, and I had kind of had this idea of spiritually curious for a bit, but I was like, I don't know, it doesn't quite feel right. And then within the time that I had, you know, waited to decide emotional authority, um, someone else had took the domain and I was like, oh, damn. Okay. Missed out on that. And then I was like, well, what else? Cause like, I, again, like I said, had a bachelor of commerce, did not relate to the world of spirituality whatsoever for a very long time. And it just kind of came to me this whole like sort of spiritual, because once I, you know, was doing human design, it's like, how do I describe this? Like, it's kind of spiritual. It's kind of not, it's like kind of weird. It's like, I don't know what this is. And yeah, it just felt something that like related to me and like where I was at in my journey at that time. Um, and even still it's like, yeah, like I'm sort of spiritual. Like <laughs> I'm not like a full blown, like, I think like, I, I mean, I'm sure some people might think that I am, but then I think like super spiritual people would think that like, mm, I don't know if you are, which again, who cares? Like, it doesn't matter, but, um, I feel like, yeah, it just describes kind of who I am and how I approach things. And I feel like it, it resonates quite well with my audience. Cause they're like, Oh, haha, me too. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh my gosh. I actually love it so much. Like sort of spiritual, like it's kind of, it's kind of cheeky, like tongue in cheek yeah. sort of vibe. And it's like, I feel like when you said whatever you said before, like curiously spiritual or something, Spiritually I feel curious, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, it didn't even stick. So exactly. it's not meant to be, but yeah. like sort of spiritual is kind of curious. And like, what do you mean you're sort of spiritual? Mm -hmm. Like, is it like a Monday to Friday thing? Like, is it like a morning or night thing? Like, what is this? Uh, yeah. Uh, so good. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I'm so happy we recorded this conversation and it was like amazing. Like I love hearing the behind the scenes of how people are growing their business and how they're leveraging human design. And just, it just really goes to show every time I have conversations with entrepreneurs, 
and they have a different type and all the things like everyone is so unique. It really does give permission to people to trust themselves to run their business and how it's aligned for them. Because how I run a business as a generator is very different than how you're going to run a business as a manifester, but we can both be successful in our own way. It's not a one size fits all. So I really want to thank you for coming on and just like being so honest and real and like your analogies and all the things that you brought (laughs) were so good. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. Thank you. So I just want to thank the audience for listening as well. And if you can please follow us on Instagram, sort of spiritual and Kayla G. And of course, I'll have all the links for you in the show notes and I will chat with you in the next episode.